and welcome to another episode of Two Weird Didn't Watch, the show where we make fun of movies that we have not seen based on nothing but their weird descriptions. I'm Brantley. And I'm Albert, and I am taking us down a series rabbit hole today. A series of movies. I, I want to point this out. So we had the Tom Cruise mummy. Yes. That was trying to start off a new series of films. Yeah, that it, was very much putting all your eggs in one basket. Yes. Straight up labeling it the Dark Universe, maybe not the best call. Yeah, that's like the first thing they the show you. The first movie is like the Dark Universe. It's going to be one of these. We're doing this. Like then, just screaming at the, you're going to watch a bunch of these. And we're laying some groundwork and this movie's probably not going to be very good because. It'd be like if Iron Man started off with N- N- Nick Fury and be like, there's other superheroes. Now watch this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, to be fair, it's not Russell Crowe like laughing at the camera about how there's going to be 800 more. But anyway, so that ironically crashed and burned. However, there's another mummy series. That has been going on longer. Yeah, it longer. started with uh, Boris Karloff. Um, it was in, I want to say, 35. Not that one. That oh. one did last pretty long, too, though. I'm constantly... I, I was going to say... I'm... The fun is that they the sequels to that one aren't actually sequels to that one. Sort of. I'm also amazed that they kind of managed to cobble together a shared universe back then before they really knew what that was. They didn't plan I mean, it out that well. It like, was really, it's, we want to make Wolfman sequels, but we don't know what else to do with him other than Silver Bullets and Moon. So let's throw Frankenstein into this, and then let's throw Dracula into this. No, uh, but And the, then Laurel and Hardy. The series I was referring to was the Brendan Fraser Mummy. Yes. Which you may remember was spun off into another movie starring The Rock. The Rock? <laughs> starring The Rock. Drain the what? Rock Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> anyway that was called the scorpion king and they're still making those movies to this day brantley yes there are five scorpion king movies and i can tell you the first one is a good movie it is essentially conan the okay. barbarian well so not conan o'brien it's we're gonna hard. go ahead and read the description for the first one even though you have seen we need it the groundwork i have not seen it matthias matthias well, they should have spelled it that way, apparently. He's in ancient times. Matthias is a legendary warrior, but his people face a deadly, flo- a deadly foe in the form of Memnon and his evil army that is sweeping through the lands. Dispatched to assassinate Memnon, Matthias is forced to save a child. Also, I haven't seen it. The fact that he's forced to save this kid does not bode well for his character. No, if I have to. The kid, like, robbed from him earlier, and then he gets caught for robbing and he's about to he's got his arrow trained on the dude but they're also about to cut the kid's hand off for stealing he's like ah and shoots the dude about to cut off the kid's hand fair enough um see this is the problem when one of us has seen the movie and was like that's i know we like to joke but that's not how it goes man especially me fleeing the city he kidnaps memnon sorcerer cassandra who he is also meant to kill and heads into the desert deep in the valley of the dead he intends to use cassandra to draw Memnon out of the safety of his loyal city and into the desert where he will be more vulnerable and easy to kill. So that's the first movie. Also, at one point, he gets shot with an arrow covered in uh, scorpion venom. Yeah. And as he's, like, surviving, somebody says, if he lives, he'll have the blood of scorpions in his veins forever, which is why he's called the Spor- Scorpion King. Okay. Also, that plan doesn't work. Like, at all. <laughs> Next up, the Scorpion King, Rise of a Warrior. Have you seen, seen this one? Nope. Okay. This is the first this is the so, prequel to that one, I think. This is yes. So now to be fair, 
the second Mummy movie, Mummy Returns, we're introduced to the Scorpion King. Which is not the one from the Scorpion King, yes. the Scorp- But he, they're both played by The Rock. Yes. So they're like, we've got the Scorpion King in The Mummy Returns. We're then going to spin off the Scorpion King into its own series, starring the same dude, but not the same character. Because the one in The Mummy Returns is basically Memnon. <laughs> He's a psychotic conqueror who used an army of Anubis soldiers to conquer a good chunk of the world, and then he died somehow. So, so they're like, well, this dude is not really fun to cheer for, so we'll make basically Conan. Only more likable and, and played by The Rock. But then they backed up and did a prequel because The Rock got popular and didn't want <laughs> to do direct-to-DVD movies. So we're going to talk about The Scorpion King, Rise of a Warrior. Where does all this fit in? Like, is this all before The Mummy happens? Is this Scorpion King before that Scorpion King? Are they even related? The one that both the ones played The Rock are related. The one in the Return of the Mummy is his descendant. So these are all prequels to The Mummy Returns. Yes. Okay. Which is just in ancient times and not in Egypt, so they don't have to worry about filling out that timeline. It's just this stuff happened, and then at some point, some dude killed a pharaoh and then gets stuck in the ground. <laughs> and then we had Brendan Fraser wake him up in the 30s. In ancient Akkad, Matthias grows up as the proud son of Asher, a captain in the world-renowned military corps of black scorpions. Uh-huh. Are we... Wait, so... Is this why is this why we're calling see, it the Scorpion King? Because see, because see, no, because they they call him the Scorpion King at the end of Scorpion King because he becomes the king of Memnon's place, but he has the blood of the scorpions in him now. Yeah, yeah. So they had the reason to call him that already. But this is a prequel to that. So he does just, not currently have the scorpion, and he blood has in no him. like scorpion themed stuff during during the movie except for that. Like at the end, I think he may, might get something. Okay. The one in the Mummy Returns has like scorpion themed armor because he's the Scorpion King. But Matthias does not, so this... This guy's also not a king at any point. He it becomes a king like at the end movie. of the Scorpion King. This is like a prequel to that. Right, this is a prequel. So they're calling kid. it the Scorpion King, and they're like... Well, it's his, it's his backstory. He's not a scorpion or a king, but anyway, here he and is. And the turns, he's both those things. Um, so the Black Scorpions are first-rate bodyguards, most of which are sent to courts wide away. I would say far away, but... And I don't know that I would really use that phrasing at all, but go ahead with that, <laughs> writer. By objecting to young Matthias joining the Corps, Asher incurs the undying enmity of ruthless Generalissimo <laughs> Sargon, gets killed, and the orphan knave is shipped off to a desolate training camp for six years by King Hammurabi's clemency. Also, where do his brothers come in, or were those like adopted brothers? Are there brothers? Yeah, in the Scorpion King at the beginning, he has two brothers who are killed by Memnon's pe- uh, people, which is why he's like obsessed with killing them. I don't see them in here. So I guess they could be adopted because maybe they're in the camp together. Yeah. They don't really have a big imply on the plot. Others like now he's like now I have a reason to do the job other than I'm getting paid. This guy, this guy has like worse luck than John Wick. If you <laughs> think about it, like in the in the main movie, like. He's mad about losing his brothers. And this one, his dad gets killed. I Also, the, the the fact that they call this guy Sargon the Generalissimo. That's pretty great, yeah. Is just weird. Like, that's, de- that's, a, that's a Hispanic thing, right? That's how I've heard it, yes. Okay, just checking. 
So, and yeah. now he's being sent to King Hammurabi. Well, Hammurabi. So he's shipped off to a desolate training camp, which sounds bad. But then it says he was that happened because of Hammurabi's clemency, which clemency means like mercy. Maybe or, he was about to be killed and was like, no, make him a soldier instead. Again, they're just really making the Scorpion King Conan. Okay. When the he barbarian. returns as a black Scorpio, I, I don't know if that's correct or if it should be black Scorpion, but I'm just reading what it says. Sargon has bloodily seized the throne and demands cruel proof of blind loyalty. So maybe his brothers weren't sent and he's like, Prove your loyalty by killing them. He's like, nah, man. <laughs> Matthias refuses becoming a chaste hero. Not chaste like he doesn't have sex with no, people. No, I've seen like the Scorpion King. <laughs> getting chased around. With youth friends, the resourceful Greek Pollux, and various mercenary warriors, he embarks on a daring quest to obtain a legendary sword. That he doesn't have in the Scorpion King. No. From Sargon's magical ally, the war goddess, the war goddess Astarte. I don't know what pantheon that's from, because again, the one in the Mummy Returns it straight up talks to Anubis. <laughs> yeah, is she a literal goddess? Oh, she's a Greek goddess. Okay, then there he's telling the Greek dude. Middle Eastern. Oh, she's the Hellenized form of Astaroth. A form of or Ishtar. Ishtar. Okay. She was Maticus. She was a. Is this fertility goddess? Um, connected with fertility, sexuality, and war. I guess with the war, probably probably fits in. She's probably like all hot, and he's like, "Hey, what's up? Why don't you help me out?" She's like, "You're hot. I will." <laughs> I so that's the end of the description of Scorpion King: Rise of a right. Warrior. So then he goes on to become the Scorpion King. I guess. I also want to point out. Old friend of the show, KGF Vissers, wrote that description. I see that. I haven't seen anything from KGF Vissers in a while, and I'm really happy that they're popping back up again. Next up, we have The Scorpion King 3, Battle for Redemption. See, I like that The Scorpion King Rise of the Warrior doesn't have a 2, because now that's still, that doesn't bother my ADD, or my uh, OCD. Because yeah. you still put them in like chronological order, and this is still 3. I think sometimes they drop the numbers. I'm going to read numbers in all of these, but... In some of the, like, for instance, the Scorpion King, the last one, I think it's just called Scorpion King Book of, Book of Souls, but I've written it down as five. Matthias's sorceress queen is killed by a pest, which ravaged his kingdom until it fell. So, so locust swarms? I guess. So is the, is the sorceress queen, are we going to assume that that's Astarte? No, that's the girl from the first movie, because Cassandra, because they do get married, she becomes his queen at the end of the movie. Okay, so she's killed by bugs or rats, which or like also a really, really angry elephant. Would you call an elephant a pest? If it's not destroying anything, but it's just like smashing crops, then kind of it destroyed a sorceress queen. Okay, yeah. I think probably not, but it's just it's a weird word to pestilence use. Pestilence would constant. be better. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I, pest is probably a shortened form of pestilence, isn't it? Yeah, it I is. never thought about that. Feeling guilty and a failure, the Akkadian resumed the life of mercenary. I like how he's, like, in none of these movies is he actually being a king. 
Yeah. The first one, he like I mean, becomes he... the king. In the prequel, he's not the king yet. He's not even close to being the king. He's just a dude. In the third one, he's like, I'm done being the king. I'm bad at being a king, guys. I'm done. Why are you calling this guy the Scorpion King? When is he going to legislate? He's hired by Horus, king of the now dominant Near Eastern Kingdom, to help out defend the palace of Hindu king Ramusan, guardian of the Book of the Dead. Now, I want to point out, this is not Scorpion King, Book of the Dead. There is Scorpion King, Book of Souls. Yeah, but the Book of the Dead. This is, is Scorpion King, King Battle movie. of Redemption. The Book of the Dead and the Book of the Life, or the Book of the Living, are big plot points in the first movie. I had not remembered that, apparently. Decent movie, though. And uh, one of them has a cameo in the Tom Cruise mummy. The okay. female character hits it, hits it in the face with him. That's the only, and the camera like sits on that for a second and then just moves on with its life. Yep. So the Hindu king Ramusan, the guardian of the Book of the Dead, the last ally barring the bid for Horus' throne by his rogue brother Talus. Also, why does this dude have the same name as, as an Egyptian god? Well, they are in Egypt. Maybe this is like... Literal horse? Well, no, I was going to say maybe this is like people in Latin America named Jesus. Fair enough. Maybe they've just like, Horus is cool. Well, they're name our babies Horus. He was basically Egyptian Jesus, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, the rogue brother Talus, whose raids in the Far East yielded the largest army ever. All right. I, I don't like the way this sentence is structured. Like, we should have gotten the fact that there was a brother who was threatening Horus up front, and then, like, hey, we're sending... I know this is just, like, nitpicky English stuff, mm -hmm. but the way this is laid out, they're like, okay, so he's sending him over here, and this guy, he's this other king, and he's a guardian of the Book of the Dead, and by the way, he's the last guy holding off Horus's brother, who has the largest army ever. Like, you gotta... You need to start with the largest army ever. Yeah. That's the important information there, and then, like, get to... And he's being held back by this dude. Matthias is instructed to team up with simpleton Teutonic giant Olaf. So the Teutons are interesting in history. They're like these people that invaded the Romans. Okay. And they were just... They, they were described in, like, apocalyptic terminology. They just showed up. I think to this day, we're not really sure where they came from. I could be mixing them up with some other people, but... Like the Sea Peoples in Greece? Yes. They're just, like, from somewhere kind of above Rome in Europe-ish area. Mm -hmm. They're, like, uber-Vikings, <laughs> and they're supposed to be super tall, and I think they fight naked, and they were just, like, horrifying to the Romans, because the Romans are all about civility mm -hmm. and, like, strategy and tactics, and these guys just come in... And they're ruthless and frenzied and wild men that seem almost like animals to the Romans, at least in the way they wrote about them. So it's cool to actually take that and turn them into literal giants, even though they weren't quite like that. Right. Ramusan can't pay them the promised gold, but offers the hand of his daughter, Silda, whose portrait shows a priceless medallion. They, I, I mean, Matthias, you know, he just lost his wife, so he's not looking for a girl, but he's like, hey, I can get paid. I'm a mercenary. I'm confused. So, all right. So he's I can't like, pay you, but you can marry my wife because he is technically a king. No, I get that. So he has his or daughter. My daughter, sorry. He's like, you can marry my daughter if you do this. Here's a picture of her, and they're like, you know, she's got that cool medallion. I mean, Olaf is probably like pretty late, and he's just like, oh, money. And also, I get so they're gonna marry her to get the medallion off of her, and then like that's all they're interested in. Is that what we're positing? 
is that we're putting I mean, forward here? The fact that he doesn't show his daughter implies that she's somewhere else, else possibly held by Talos. Fair enough. Um, you know, it's weird that he's like, you marry my daughter, and here's a picture of her. I mean, unless he doesn't actually have a daughter, it's just like, please buy it, please buy it, please buy it. <laughs> well, the please next sentence says, this. their fight is complicated by the mysterious Cobra, hired by Talos, who captured the princess. Oh, okay. So they pair pretends to enter Talus's service. Okay. But finds out about an even more devious deception. What? While Talus captures the book and is thus able to conjure the warrior ghosts. What? I mean, yeah, that's how the book works, but what? Also written by KGF Vissers. Whose English kind of fell over on this one, but what? I mean, his or her English pretty did bad on the last one, too. But yeah. they're writing twenty thousand. I understand. IMDb they don't, probably don't have time to proofread everything. So, but okay. So let me piece this together. Dude, Matthias was hired to kill Dude, Talus, right? By Talus's brother. Mm-hmm. And to guard other king who has the Book of the Dead, who's the only one between him and his brother who's coming to invade. Yes. And then that guy was supposed to pay Matthias, who's like, turns out kind of broke, but I have a hot daughter you can marry. And Matthias is like, I like her necklace. But then Talus had hired the mysterious Other Cobra. dude to kidnap said daughter, probably because awesome necklace. Or to get the book for, you know. Well, there's an even more devious deception, which is not detailed here. It's just like... Something happens, and then Talos is in the background waltzing off with the Book of the Dead. It sounds like the devious deception is that he actually wants the Book of the Dead to have an army of ghost people, and that the whole I'm going after my brother's kingdom was just kind of whatever. Well, if he had the army of ghost people, he would definitely be able to get any kingdom. Yeah, because now he can summon all the ghosts that died in the kingdom. This is a confusing series, Brentley. Yeah. And there's a lot of intermediaries. That's the problem. It's like, this guy's hiring this other guy to do this thing for him, and then he's going after this guy who's holding back the other guy who hired somebody else to like, it doesn't need to be that complicated. Just have some, I mean, I realize that they already and killed his from, dad. I love from Matthias's point of view. He's just like, I just, I didn't want to be King cause it was complicated guys. Also I was just trying to be mercenary. Why is, why is all this? Don't forget at the beginning of this movie, there's a pest. There was a pest that killed his wife, his sorceress queen. And he didn't do anything about it. I mean, she was already dead. No, but like, he was just like, well, I'm a bad I mean, King. I guess it, I'm just going to go and wander an adventure now. <laughs> Like, they, they left that, they killed his wife at the beginning of the movie, and that's not any kind of drive or anything for him. He's, that just, He's like, just makes him it. quit and stop trying to be cool. Conan. <sighs> wow. Next up, we have <laughs> Scorpion King 4, Quest for Power. He had it. He was a king. Yes, literally. After at the first movie. After the king of Norvania is assassinated, the legendary, that's debatable, Scorpion King Matthias is framed for the crime. I mean, presumably crime. at this point he had defeated an army of ghosts and defeated yes, Memnon, okay. who was said to be immortal and stuff like that. He also let his wife die because of pests, though, Brantley, so. <laughs> Darn cockroaches. Yeah. Also, Norvania, not a real place, apparently. Just Googled that. Um... The legendary Scorpion King Matthias is framed for the crime and must fight off an entire kingdom of soldiers. This is a setup. 
Okay? See, we don't need I'm like waiting a... for the 13 other subplots and cross-betweens. No, no, this is... It's just so, him so, against no, no, all no, comers. So. This is John Wick 3. He's just fi- got to fight everybody off. Nah, nah, nah. See, the army is actually from a different kingdom that was hired by this guy to kill Matthias. But Matthias actually worked for this guy. And well, is actually brother-in-law to this other guy whose army is in there. But then he's like, oh, no, that's my brother-in-law. So now the five armies are fighting each other. And then some witch happens or something. Now Matthias and his only remaining allies, a mysterious woman and her unconventional father, are the last hope to stop the evil heir to the throne on his quest for an ancient for an ancient and almighty mystical power. Is it that sword he found in the prequel? Also, her unconventional father could be a god with this series, or it could be just like a satyr. I know that the listeners can't see anything related to this movie, apparently, without Googling it themselves. Right. But the main thing that, like, jumped out to me about this movie is the cast. So it has Lou Ferrigno. Right. I guess is one of the bad guys. They also... He's not the only wrestler, though. Mm-hmm. There's a wrestler named Roy Big Country Nelson. Yep. Who plays a character in this. And he's got a mullet... And it's, like, not, like, a small mullet. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a wildly giant cartoon mullet. Yeah. On a real man. And that man is I mean, that real man is a, Egypt. is a wrestler. So. No, I get that. But it's great because if you look at the cover of this movie, it's all the same setup for all the other Scorpion King movies. But it's Lou Ferrigno and mullet man, <laughs> Big Country Nelson. I'm, I can't imagine but that he does, in fact, have a southern accent in this movie about ancient Egypt. And I, I gotta see that. I don't need to see any of the other ones, but I need to see Roy Big Country Nelson in an ancient Egypt setting. Please. We also have Roy Gracie and Don Wilson, if anybody cares about that. Wrestling fans probably do. Yes. Finally, and released just this most recently wrapped up year, Brentley... This series is still going strong. Scorpion King 5, Book of Souls. Which is not the Book of the Dead. Or the Book of the Living, I guess? In it's ancient the in-between Egypt- book. <laughs> the Book of the, not- the Only Mostly Dead. In ancient Egypt, before the time of the pharaohs, King Memtep made a covenant with Anubis, Lord of the Underworld, to create a cursed sword. So powerful that whosoever possessed it could rule the world! And this is just tied into all these dudes trying to become immortal god people. With magic yeah. swords? Is this a different magic sword than, like, the other magic I sword? I mean, maybe. But you have this dude, you get the Scorpion King and the, Retur- the Mummy Returns, and then you have Imhotep and the Mummy Returns. <laughs> and he's just like, eh, maybe one of them will take over the world. We'll see how this goes. The sword was fueled by taking souls of those its enemies. The sword itself was forged in the fires of hell. By Anubis. I, I don't think, think he took the a day trip. Have hell? Maybe he just took a day trip to Christian Hell. <laughs> yes. Hey Satan, what's going on? I got a magic sword. Borrow. I just got. I got to forge a sword real quick. All right, Anubis. You're, not, you good for poker later? Yeah, Hades will be there. It's not made. Don't invite clear. Loki this time. He cheats. It's not made exactly clear in this description, but in some of the other things I was looking up about this, the sword like gets more powerful with each person it kills. I think that's the whole taking fueled by taking soul, souls of those that's allies or enemies. 
Yes, but it's uh, it's it was more clear in one of the other descriptions, yeah. and I thought that was a really cool premise. Mm-hmm. Like every time, that's how a katana sword works. I think no, it doesn't get stronger; it just eats people's souls. Maybe it gets their like knowledge. Maybe yeah. they don't they don't do anything with that character. I don't know why she's even in Suicide Squad. She's there to have for so that Flag can have a backup that's entirely on his side. I guess instead of just the we have bombs. Yeah, we can we can we can do this. And he's like, also, she has a sword that can kill you and steal your soul forever. So, you know, behave. Does that happen to anybody? I feel like it does. But like, it's not. I mean, she kills some of those like zombie people who would probably want to be dead anyways. Yeah. I don't also, know those used to be souls. civilians. So maybe they still have souls and she just like sucked out some civilian souls. And now they're living in forever torment in her sword with her husband. And everyone else has been killed by the sword. Yeah. They're not probably all good civilians, apparently. Yeah. Someone the names illegally downloaded movies. <laughs> the names of those killed by the sword were forever written in the Book of Souls. So if you erase them, are they freed? No, it's forever. What if you burn the book? Forever, Brantley. What Does part of forever written don't you understand? The implications of whether or not it's eternal? It's still here to this day. Oh. We gotta go have spaghetti, Brantley. Year of your Lord 2019? Yeah, 2019. Wow. That's it's rough. Christmas was a little over a week ago. It was rough getting over getting over the new year this year for me, Brentley. I had like the oh man. Gonna die one of these days. Yep. I I know, but like everyone will. Baby Malachi will be dead eventually. Yeah. But I mean hopefully he'll do something good before he leaves the world. Make a better place for people in the future for him. That's what Eh, I'd like to do. Well I'll be dead in forty years. I don't agree with that. And that's all we have time for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this episode, tell a friend about it. Listen to our other episodes if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the podcast. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Bye.